All right, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm here with Evan. What's going on? <laughs> so, we're already off the rails here. This is going to be kind of a fun episode. It's a little bit different uh, than what we've done in the past. We actually had a roundtable uh, that we, we've already recorded a few days ago, um, and it's everyone from Finance U. Yeah, we got the whole team back together uh, just to do kind of a recap and kind of a you know, look back at what we had done our freshman years in college. Uh, we had started a pretty cool company. Uh, we'll kind of get into exactly the details of what that company was. Uh, but on this episode, we'll take you through everything from you know, how I came up with the idea, uh, how we marketed the idea, how we built the product, what we learned from it, and kind of how we went forward. So it was really cool you know, to talk all about all that stuff. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I mean, we, we recorded about an hour and a half. It's a long episode, but we were even talking after that. I mean, it's just cool when you get everybody together and you get in that mindset. And I think that kind of sh- shines through here. On yeah, the it was the first time we really got together uh, since we you know, started the company and really talked about it like that, uh, since we had to wind it down. Uh, and so it was cool to do that. And I think everybody that you know, donated to our Kickstarter and supported us in any way uh, is going to really enjoy listening to this and seeing you know, what we learned and how we did everything and you know, how we came out of it. Yeah, so it, it's a great episode. I'm super excited to get it out there. Uh, without further ado, let's look back and see how you guys got started. Well, let's let's do one more thing. Uh, we introed ourselves, um, but there's going to be a lot of new listeners. So let's intro ourselves as if they haven't listened to the podcast at all. Okay. So uh, this is Middle Tech. Uh, Middle Tech is, uh, was created because we want to create more conversation uh, within a tech space about what's going on here in Kentucky in this region of the United States. Uh, so we wanted to you know, get the stories uh, listen to the entrepreneurs uh, and what they've learned throughout the years mm-hmm. and how they're building their companies here. Yeah. That's kind of the whole thing that we wanted to build with Miltech. Uh, Mount Evan, uh, the person you you know hear that do the intros a lot, uh, if you go back and listen to old episodes, it's Nate. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm Evan. Uh, I'm an account executive at Fuji. Um, I'm from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And I went to school in Louisville. Uh, I went to St. X. And then I went to UK for two years and dropped out for Fuji. Uh, so that's me. Uh, yeah, and in between that, UK and Fuji is the whole episode here, talking yeah. about finance here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go through me. I'm Nate. I'm from upstate New York originally. Uh, then went to UK uh, because my mom is from here, and I graduated last year, 2017, got involved with Fuji after graduation, uh, and here we are. We kind of, we, we touch on the Fuji days as well a little bit uh, in the podcast, too, Um so that's it. You know, we're both interested in entrepreneurship um, for various reasons, also covered in the podcast. It's kind of a bit of a catch-all, I feel yeah. like. Um, yeah, this is a good episode to pick up a lot of listeners and, yeah. you know, reintroduce what we're trying to do with the podcast. Yeah, so interested in technology and entrepreneurship here in Kentucky, uh, and we hope to kind of get more stories like this out there. Uh, so let's do it. Yep, let's go right into it. Middle Tech Finance You Roundtable, let's do it. Alexa, that's who. how much time is on the timer? You have 11 minutes left. You're trying to go off in the middle of the It's going to go off in the middle of the It might, that's fine. Like, it's just, you know, it's just 
No. Why don't you go to a recording studio and tell them it's Lady Gaga's doing a hit? Oh, hold up. Sorry. My salmon's done. Wouldn't that be funny, though? Like, that adds to it. No. Yeah, no. I mean, we're going to give you shit whenever it happens. all kinds of money on the recording studio. That might be nice. We'll all give him shit whenever his alarm goes off. Yeah. So we're going to be like, So it's like, it's planned. Yeah. We're really going to paint the picture of what finance you want. <laughs> I feel like this is an accurate where we just didn't really. We all just sat around and talked shit. Yeah, we didn't do anything. We just talked shit. We we Pretty talked shat. We shat. Actually, at that time, Sam didn't talk in shit. Yeah, yeah. He changed a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. He came outside of shit. I can't I imagine you not talking shit. I didn't talk to Sam like more. It's hard to remember. It's hard to remember. Just imagine me talking to him. Basically, some nerd who I didn't introduce myself. Yeah, I didn't introduce myself when I first met him. I yeah, saw him in the corner, just on his computer. <laughs> uh, awesome developer, all right. What the hell? No wait, 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 we yeah. need this in the and podcast. Now, it is on the podcast. What's going on? We're recording. Yeah, 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 you piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, I remember the day we were trying to build it and get it launched. You're like, no, I gotta go to Keeneland. And we're like, oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. hell yeah. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's like officially do an intro here. Um, well, the microphone's already on. Yeah, we're good. We're oh, wow. The lights are right. yeah. Well, the light's been on this, this whole red time. Light, so. It's been recording. Oh, it's been recording. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. nice. Are you the tech guy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I code sometimes. I don't know much. Shout out the boulder. Shout out the boulder. All right. Um, well, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. As always, my name is Nate. I'm here with Evan. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you say that on every episode? Almost every episode. Yeah. Almost every episode. Because normally I, I'm not listening at this time, and it kind of catches me off guard, so I say whatever comes up. Wow. 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 The really? truth comes so out. Yeah. 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 You don't pay attention to every podcast. Yeah, let's just put that on the record here. You might want to cut that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't really care out. when we first start the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only when he can look good with a hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right, so we got a special episode today. As you can probably tell, we got a lot of voices here. You might hear a little bit of an echo, a little bit of ambient noise. We're doing a, a little bit different style today. We're doing a round table. Um, Evan, I'll let you kind of take some interest here since you have more knowledge here. Yeah, so we've got the whole... Yeah, do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> I do. Uh, so we've got the whole group. Uh, a few times we mentioned on the show... Uh, I had been, you know, part of a startup called Finance U, and that's really what got me into technology, uh, got me into entrepreneurship. And you just so, still boring all the time. We're off to a rough start. Yet. <laughs> rough start. <laughs> oh, what a great start! I was just sitting here, the wine like just freaked out when all the uh, interesting. It was the wine's fault. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting take. It was it was the wine's fault. Anyways, uh, so we've got the whole Finance U group here. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is kind of walk everybody through uh, the idea, you know, how we made it happen, uh, the aftermath, uh, kind of where we've all gone uh, afterwards, and then kind of the mindset uh, that we all have, because uh, there's no question that, you know, our friend group, uh, not just Finance You, but our entire friend group has a totally different mindset uh, than other people our age, it seems like. Uh, so we want to kind of dig into that uh, and see, you know, what, why that is the way it is. Coming out of the gates hot. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, just something I think we should talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's kick it off. Maybe um, do some intros to start. With some intros. Yeah. yeah. Second let's time just go around the room. Down. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's an intro to the podcast, but let's intro to the people. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Michael, can you kick it off or go around the table? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Uh, thank you, Evan. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, all right, so intro to the podcast. My name is Michael Lewis. I uh, was co-founder and CEO at FinanceU back in the days um, and currently head of finance at Fuji. Uh, my name is TJ Barnett, and I was co-founder and COO, <clears throat> as if that really meant anything back then, um, <laughs> and technically head of marketing uh, back, back freshman year at Finance U, and uh, right now I'm working on getting my real estate license and um, helping a realtor with all of his marketing needs uh, currently. Mm. Uh, my name is Sam Marks, and I'm still trying to clean up all the wine off my hands, <laughs> um, but uh, I was what, the third developer that you decided to bring on to? <laughs> Uh, I think so. Number three. Yeah, yeah, it was number three. three. Yeah. That's right. The third Alec. developer right. that they I decided about to bring Alec, on. Third most talented. Yeah, like <laughs> third most talented. Luckily, they decided to settle for the third most talented. <laughs> and uh, I ended settled. up staying on until the uh, until the end. Beautiful. Uh, my name's Danny Perry. Uh, I joined Finance U a little later in the game with uh, alongside Evan. We joined up around the same time. And I honestly don't really remember what my title was <laughs> at Finance U. I did a lot of the design. branding, yeah. I did all the design. We did a lot of uh, the animated videos and video production. So I really got my first steps in uh, Finance U and, uh, and video editing, branding in general through that. So that's where I fit into this puzzle. All right. Uh, everybody knows me. Uh, but my role with wow. my wow. role with uh, Finance U was uh, VP Community Engagement. So my my role was basically to get people on the site, create a community that they uh, you know like to be a part of, brainstorm you know design ways to market a long time alongside TJ. Uh, so whatever you know was you know consumer facing and our uh, you know students on the website, uh, I had to brainstorm ways to really make them uh, want to use the product. So you kind of touched on a little bit what it was there. Um, before we get too deep into kind of the, the whole story of it, let's just give a high-level overview of what the product was. And Michael, maybe you're the best one to take that. Sure. How, did you come up with it? Like, what, what was it? And yeah, it was like a three the idea, right? Yeah, I did come up with it, uh, but it was out of, uh, I think, uh, observing frustrations from uh, some of my friends and myself. And so uh, Finance U existed as an alternative way for students to raise money for college on a subjective and objective basis. So uh, myself and my friends really passionate about the rising cost of college and the amount of student debt that was in the market at the time, which at the time was $1.2 trillion. It's much larger now. Um, and the cost of college is exponentially increasing. Since 1978, the cost of college is up since 1,200%. Uh, healthcare is up 600%, food's up 250%, and rate, uh, you know, wages are not up 1,200%. So rationalizing the cost of college has been, has been kind of crazy in, in my mind. Uh, in addition to kind of where the market is headed from an education standpoint, it's still very analog and still, in my opinion, uh, inefficient. And so what we wanted to do was to provide an alternative way for students to raise money. And we thought that that solution would be through uh, crowdfunding. Um, taking the concepts of Kickstarter and marrying that with the professional profile aspects of LinkedIn. And that was kind of the birth of, of Finance U. Um, I had entered it into a pitch competition, and then um, TJ and I decided to take it to the another level doing Startup Weekend. Um, and then we had decided to start it kind of full-time right after that. Um, so on a high level, Finance U is a, a, a crowdfunding site for students to raise money for college. So talk about the... Go ahead. 
I was gonna say he still got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did it perfectly right still there. Still the national. Yeah. Still passionate, man. Still an issue. Yeah. Um, but talk about those like really early days. Like you had this idea. <coughs> how did you find Startup Weekend? Like how did you decide to keep going from there? Like <clears throat> yeah. you were a freshman, right? Yeah, I was a freshman in college, so I guess I was uh, eighteen, something like that. Um, and so there was a pitch competition where you'd win a thousand dollars if you won. Uh, I didn't win <laughs> with Fine Two. They got like third place or something, so I didn't win the money. Um, but uh, there's a local uh, spot in town called Austin Inc., which is essentially a a, a cool spot that provides uh, space, advising, uh, you know, education from a tech standpoint. It's an incubator. Uh, it's an incubator, yeah, for uh, for uh, startups in Lexington. And so they had this thing called Startup Weekend, which is not an Austin Inc. thing. It's a nationwide, even a global thing, and we were one weekend that participated in Global Startup Weekend, and so we uh, had kind of an intense weekend where we studied the business model um, and tried to really build the brand and, and, and understand our target audience and did some research. Um, so TJ and I kind of really dove in that weekend, um, and then we had created essentially this business model and then pitched at the end of the weekend, and we won that, um, and then we went to like the national tournament, and we won that. Uh, and then we got third in the world uh, in the actual like startup weekend tournament um, based on like voting and judging. Uh, and so after that, we were like, hey, maybe there's something here. So let's kind of start working on it full time. I think that third in the world kind of. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's something. That's kind of what uh, uh, made, made me take it a little more serious because <clears throat> during startup weekend, I actually had my first college party. Uh, on that Saturday, yeah. TJ didn't do crap that whole weekend. <laughs> Why don't you walk everybody through the party? Yeah. Uh, we'll leave the details out. He was doing now. market research. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to understand the demographic and everything. Um, but I woke up that Sunday morning of the actual competition, and uh, we were supposed to be there at 8 a.m., and I got there at 11. So if that tells you anything. Um, <clears throat> we ended up winning it, and uh, then we, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so wait, wait, let's get this straight. So, so you went to a party yeah. the night before this yeah. pitch, right? Yeah. And, and you showed up. Today. You were supposed to show Pretty up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And you showed up at 11 o'clock to find out that you had won. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the competition was like three, so I got oh, there okay. just in time to get the credit. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> to get the credit. Yes. Uh -huh. and, uh, but um, later that night when we were submitting the pitch to, uh, I think it was Global Startup Battle or something like yeah. that, um, seeing the results come back and us getting third in the world, that kind of like just took me, like, had to take a step back and understand really what we could do, and then uh, Michael and I sat down, I think, for a couple hours, uh, late November, early December, and just talked about the possibilities of what it could be, and, you know, we're 18 years old, we really want to just dive into this and start it, yeah. um, and then after that conversation, I had a lot more confidence going into it, and then, you know, I, it's always been a problem, right? I mean, I, I came out of I was freshman in college. I had no idea how much college cost, and I got hit with like eleven thousand dollars of student debt right from the get go. So I mean, it's always been a problem. I've always seen it, um, but being able to take a step back and really understand what it is and how many people actually had a problem with it, um, I got really passionate about it. And um, you know, like I said, we sat down and talked through it uh, for a few hours and decided let's do it. And so from then on, it was just kind of uh, putting the head down and. And trying to figure out what the heck we were doing because you know again we were so young we you know michael had experience in starting companies but nothing quite like this because it was so different and uh, i had 
literally none, maybe a little bit in high school, just well, messing with a high school business program. Um, but other than that, it's you know just fresh out the mind, and uh, so. But it, it was a it was a really fun time to just kind of you know dive into something like that because it's something that I really had never done. Yeah. Now this was October, November of your freshman year. Like yeah, November, December. I think like startup weekend was the last weekend of November or the second uh, yeah. last weekend. So. So you are literally like fresh into college. Yeah, like I said, my first college yeah. party was that weekend. <laughs> so, fresh well, it, yeah. what makes you? I don't know. I just you you touched on this, Evan. Like it's so different than what the average person that age yeah. is thinking. Like, yeah. all of this is open to all of you guys. Oh, I'm just focus on Michael and TJ. But like, why? You know, why do this your freshman year when everyone else is having fun and doing? I think our answer was like, why not? Because yeah, it's like you have no downside. Right. Right? I mean, that's a terrible way to like get into something that you want to succeed. Because uh, yeah. you don't have too much skin in the game, but um, but for us it's like all right, there is a serious problem here, and we're affected by it. And we're all individually affected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like all right, we have a potential solution, and the cost of starting a company these days is dramatically decreased with you know different resources out there, and so naively, I think it's out of that kind of naive mindset. We're like, yeah, we can take almost one point two trillion dollars, um, and so we just jumped into it. I think to add into that, it's not that like we weren't having fun. Like this was our fun. We all had yeah. through an same passion for doing this type of stuff. We all realized how much we yeah. really liked it, and so we kind of just really latched onto that. Yeah. As, well, it's uh, how like a bunch of people have different interests, yeah. right? So yeah. like our interests happen to be in you know starting a company and then yeah. figuring out how like how to run a company and what kind of aspects are involved and like how do you grow it and. Like what's the technical side of it like and what's you know how do you market a company and uh i think it's kind of like has to do with all of our uh like our drives for learning and wanting so to create all, something yeah and wanting to create something that you know could make an impact yeah, yeah. i remember like friday nights we'd be up to like four in the morning in danny's room editing <laughs> like videos and stuff like that was yes, our fun right that I mean, was like, the, best, the opportunity cost was non-existent because sunrise, that was yeah. our like, definition of like fun my yeah. sleep schedule that semester was so whack. It was like it was basically backwards at that point. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, and you know another thing about starting companies is you start them out of you know necessity or there being a major problem. Uh, so we kind of touched on it a couple of times that each of us, you know, we can go around the room and kind of talk about why we cared about the idea so much. Uh, because the idea, you know, individually, we all had some issue with either getting scholarship uh, or with the ACT or making ourselves, you know ready for college and feel ready uh, or, we, or we had a chip on our shoulder, shoulder because we didn't get the scholarship we know we deserved you know i think all of yeah. us you know had some kind of chip on our shoulder and the idea you know really made us passionate because of that chip well i think you hit it around the dot when you said walking into college i really had no idea what to expect right so i think you know the overarching thing with finance you was crowdfunding a scholarship for yourself but i think we all wanted to take a little deeper and actually help the students understand what they're walking into because i mean i don't There's know about no you guys. education exactly student debt yeah. no no it's about student debt people or really like so what college? exactly and then that that was the huge problem people are signing 20 years of their life away exactly for a hundred thousand dollars of debt without truly knowing what that means and knowing the value of the education they're getting i'm just kidding and some of them you know get degrees that really have no value and my parents didn't know about it i mean my parents were pretty uneducated about it to be honest i mean uh we walked in the first week of school i had 
a six thousand dollar bill for uh, you know going to UK. Yeah. They didn't know how to pay it. I didn't know how to pay it. So we just all walked to the financial aid office and was like, you know, well, you got to get a student loan. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sounds good to me. And um, but I had no idea what I was really walking into. And then after really understanding it, understanding that you know when I get out of college, I'm gonna have like twenty, thirty thousand dollars of debt. Um, it was a crappy feeling for sure. I think a really impactful moment uh, is when I like really started becoming passionate about this project and really kind of taking a step back and realizing how big of an issue student debt was when we were filming this video of, of a bunch of different students that were all talking about their the amount of student debt that they had. Great video. And it wasn't even like they hadn't even finished college yet. And we're talking to kids who have, you know, 30000 60000 We talked to someone who had over $100,000 in student debt. UK. And I'm like, oh my God, like how do you pay that? How do you even begin to start paying that off? And yeah. like that you don't realize you have that debt until you actually graduate. You start your professional career at a, at a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't and think so, I've ever seen that video. Yeah, we'll, we'll it's share a cool it. video. We'll link yeah, it out in the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. It's a very cool really it cool had video. a really That's sad music to it. <laughs> I was like, this is good. intentionally trying to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's like a, video we made. It's like a PETA ad or I mean, something. It's just sad anyway. So, it's sad uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. In the arms. Yeah. But Sam, you were, you know, you had a full scholarship. You nerdy, and you still, have you still, you still, you still, get, you still get scholarship money, right? Huh? You're still getting scholarship money after after college. That's, that's oh yeah, working the What are the sketches? We don't need to go Let's get out of here. No one needs to die down. I'm sure we should die on this on the podcast. Wow. Sam goes to jail because of Man. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, we all had we all had issues with scholarship. You know, for me, uh, the ACT really frustrated me. You know, I knew I was really, I knew I was a smart guy. The the ACT. Uh, yeah, the ACT. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying ECT. Yeah, the ACT. Uh, you know, I I knew I was smart. I just couldn't do the ACT. Yeah. Uh, and I was really frustrated because that's what kept me from getting scholarship money. Uh, you know that I didn't have any scholarship money coming into UK. Yeah. And that really bothered me because you know, I, I, again, I knew. Looking around, that I, I was, I could very well get scholarship money, given my grades and how hard I worked. But I didn't, and I just felt like, you know, I wasn't being reflected on who I really was. So that's where the idea of finance you really hit me. And I'm like, yeah, this is something I need to be a part of. Mm. And that that was the problem was, and that's one of our that was one of our big sell points to students was get rewarded for who you really are. Yeah. Right? We yeah. want you to show off. Your extracurricular activities, you're playing sports, you're, you're helping your church or some kind of community service or whatever the case may be, that's one of the big things we hit on was we want you to get rewarded for just being yourself, right? And that there's not enough, so many scholarships now, even you know back then, now, uh, you have to write a 500-word essay. Well, how am I going to describe myself and, and, and everything that I can offer a university in 500 words? Well, answering a prompt. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, a desired prompt. So yeah. That's an interesting parallel, or I just kind of thought of an interesting parallel of what you said. You know, you can. I feel like you can compare that to um, applying for jobs, right, and the requirement of, like, a college degree for certain jobs, right? So in order to get... A scholarship, or like a good scholarship for university, you have to have a good ACT score, a good standardized test score, or something like that. And in order to in order to get a good job, you have to, you know, in most cases, you have to get that college degree. So I think it's kind of interesting that 
that it applies at both levels where um, right now it's kind of off of this, uh, you know, arguably useful requirement. Mm -hmm. Like when it could be about everybody's personality or your skill set that can't be demonstrated in like an ACT score or in a, in a college degree. Uh, I just think that's kind of interesting the, the way those two actually end up going together. Yeah. I agree. Those those uh, measurements don't encompass you entirely as a human and as human being and what right, you can, not really what you really way. can offer. Yeah, so, they're not really a good way of measuring. And that was our that was our goal all along with with finance. You to yeah. you know, make it all about like all about what you are, not yeah. what your five hundred word essay. So be you. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, be who you really are. Yes, finance you. Yeah. 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 I mean, F college you. prepares people. <laughs> yeah. Go find F yourself. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, college and you know the application process for college and preparing people to take orders is basically what's done. Fun the future, bro. So uh, yes. that's you know that just makes sense. They, people need to be more individual, uh, do what they you know really love doing and get rewarded for it. Yeah. So. So, so what happened? You know, bring us through the story. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously this, this is a huge problem and you guys are all passionate about it. So, you know, you, you got started up along the way, you guys joined, came on, where'd it go? <clears throat> well, we actually raised, uh, we didn't raise any equity financing, we raised $60,000 of crowdfunding dollars, which is ironic and funny because <laughs> we, we crowdfunded for a crowdfunding company. Yeah. Um, and so we raised $60,000 in Kickstarter um, it wasn't really people, we didn't have anything to give away, we were selling an idea, pretty cool, uh, that, that people funded that. They're really funding us, uh, yeah. which I'm fine with. Um, they didn't, because, have, they didn't uh, have anything to give away. Uh, shirts and stickers. Stickers. Right? And but, did you offer to go to coffee with No, uh, dinner, dinner with the yeah. co-founders. Dinner, dinner with the co-founders. Did, did, did that ever happen? No. I don't know if that ever happened. <laughs> No. It never I don't yeah. think they. That's why they were giving us the money. Some yeah. poor, <laughs> some poor Kickstarter supporters right now are expecting yeah. their dinner. Yeah, if you family. if you donated money on Kickstarter and yeah, we owe dinner, reach out. Yeah, please to, uh, to Michael Finance. Michael Finance. You. Oh, Michael Finance. You. Yeah, yeah, that domain yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Really, email address there, Michael. I hold the domain, but my my email's not live. Who knows? Maybe someone will want to start it one day. We'll sell it to them. Does that website still exist? Uh, our landing page. There's a financeu.com, which yeah. is not not us. <laughs> anyway, uh, we raised that money. Uh, I think we created a pretty cool site for the resources that we had. You designed the entire thing ourselves. Yeah, we designed it. Cool. Sam built it. We did transacted money uh, efficiently and effectively. We yep. had raised money. We had students had raised money. We had transferred money to different universities. So the whole process happened from start to finish. Um, I honestly think it, I think it came down to a combination of uh, we didn't really know what we were doing, and uh, more importantly, I think we didn't do our due diligence on the business model enough yeah. uh, because it, it, it takes a certain type of person to actually crowdfund, to go to the market and beg for money and to pour um, energy into creating a profile that's representative of themselves. And it takes a certain type of person to do that, and I think we really under, or, or I guess overestimated the uh, general market and their desire and ability to do that, and uh, it was a hard thing for us to combat. Um, so eventually got to the point where, uh, you know, we were getting close around money, and um, we had not had as much faith in the business model. We had a lot of passion around the problem we were solving, but the business model wasn't as valid as we thought. And that was our fault for not doing our due diligence on the on the right. market and our market validation, um, and so we had decided the 
to take our learnings and, and, and really sit down and think about what those were um, from all aspects and then apply that to our own ventures. Yeah, and that was very high level. So why don't we kind of dive into the individual pieces of thinking of the product, how to take the idea to the next level, uh, how to market the idea, uh, how to develop it, Sam, uh, and then eventually, uh, you know, basically, you know, what made us realize we need to shut it down. You know, you mentioned it really briefly, but at what point did we really say, okay, uh, we need to stop? Yeah, uh, I remember almost the exact day. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's start with uh, basically you're thinking of okay, I've got this idea. What's the next step? Because a lot of listeners, uh, you know, are into technology. You know, they might want to start their own company, whether it's technology or not. Uh, they have an idea, but what's that next step that they need to take uh, to make that idea? into a product or the idea into you know, something that they're working on actively every day. Well, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, just how we kind of uh, just kind of sat down and, and really took us, uh, like, like I said, a few hours to understand what we're doing here and what the model is going to look like. You know, I remember sitting down and just writing everything out, right, and saying, okay, Here's what the broad idea of Finance U is. Here's some different arms about where it can go. And we need students, but we also need donors. So we got to market to students while at the same time having to market to donors because you don't have any money without the donors, but you don't have a stock with students. Um, so it was just a combination of things, just really writing it out and, and, and talking it out. I, mean, I remember long nights of Michael and I sitting down and just, just talking about you know what it could look like. Um, and I guess that Hopefully that answers your question a little bit about you know just doing it. It's just really just talking about it because it's it's only an idea yeah. until you put it on paper. Yeah, being able to you know articulate the idea, build a business model, uh, then execute on it. You know, it's totally different than just having an idea uh, sure. and eventually just you know just talking about it. Yeah, but yeah. being able to articulate it, you know, create a business plan. Whether the business plan works, you know, down the road, most of the time it doesn't. Right, the product totally changes as you're building the company. But to be able to put it on paper or be able to put it in a pitch deck uh, is a good thing to really do early on just to be able to you know, put it in, in an idea into an organized yeah. fashion. My only thing with that, Evans, um, I think that's one of the biggest learnings is I can articulate an idea about a hovercraft that flies in the air that can go to a different planet in an hour and I can really articulate that into a pitch deck. But I think the issue is we didn't do our due diligence on a market, right? And we can talk about ideas all day long. Um, but we didn't really try to get to the core of, is a student going to go onto a site by their own will to invest time in creating a professional profile and then take that link and send that to their, uh, their network and beg them for free money, right? Not a loan, not equity, Consistently as well. money, right? Uh, and on top of that, incur a 5% fee, by the way. Um, uh -huh. And so... Um, uh, I, you know, I, so I think uh, I, I think it is important to articulate, understand what what the why is, and then what the how is. But um, uh, but but I think that was. Let me translate this into a lesson. I think the lesson was if you're starting a company, uh, spend a lot of time understanding what who your target market is, what your total addressable market is, where you fit in that market, um, and, and what true problem you're solving, and then is your solution something that people are going to actually use and or pay for. Um, and I don't think we did a good job of that. Um, so I think that's definitely one of the most important things. And I think that materializes by creating an MVP, right? It doesn't have to be something that's very well branded. It doesn't have to, it should yeah. work and solve a problem, but it should be an MVP. And I think we, dude, we took five to seven plus months before we even got it out to the market. Probably wow. longer than that, right? Because we wanted it to be right, we wanted it to be branded. 
but like we should have gotten, we should have really just hacked together something over two weekends um, and got it out and at least tried it out as fast as possible. I do know that MVP means minimum viable. Right. Yeah. And to kind of touch on that a little bit, I also think it's important to, you know, kind of stress a little bit that you shouldn't spend too much time planning every little detail ahead of time. Uh, because then if you do that, then you're going to expend all of your energy and your motivation for this great idea that you have, you know, doing all of this planning instead of actually building it. Mm -hmm. And I know this might be a little bit different because my perspective comes from that of a developer rather than of a uh, businessman or an entrepreneur. Um, so it's easier for me to find the resources to actually build the product if it is technology based because I can just do that or like I know you know, I have a, a group of friends who, who I've worked with in the past or, you know, who would be able to do that sort of thing. Um, but the, the biggest thing to kind of take away from, uh, from that that kind of agrees with my perspective is, uh, is what Michael was talking about, how um, one of the – you kind of just have to get a quick and dirty product out. And then see if that way you don't, if it fails, you haven't spent too much of your time building it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it succeeds, then you have a lot that you can do with it. You have a lot that you can uh, expand upon or improve. Yeah, I think a, a lot of this is kind of focusing on the idea of the, the lean startup method. So that's that the idea of getting the MVP, getting it to be quick and dirty, uh, something just to test the market and see if, uh, if it's something that is actually viable. And one of the best, one of the biggest advantages of doing, doing it that way, whereas of building out a whole product, is when you do a very lean uh, startup and you do something that uh, is just testing the market, you have the ability to adapt it a, a lot easier uh, than if you have a fully built out product. And because when you have, don't have all that much time invested, uh, you are you have the ability to quickly uh, adapt to the market and see how how you can uh, hit those markets better and 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 see what the actual response is from the the market that you're going after. Yeah, to go a little more into you know observing the consumers after you get that MVP out there, you got to watch the consumer on how they're using the product and ask them you know how do you feel about using the product? What can we improve? Uh, and just watch them go throughout. If you're building a website, then literally watch them use the website and see what they're clicking on, right. or what areas of friction, or, or or if you know you're making, you know, for instance, a, a smoothie company, you know, just make smoothies and ask them, you know, what what they taste or or you know what they think about the smoothie. It can be any product. Yeah. Just give them a product. Yeah, just give them the, the first, first version the of first it. The first customers are really yeah, important. exactly. You, you have to give make them. a smoothie without having a perfect smoothie. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have to yeah. just start, get the product out there, see how they feel about it. Uh, and then go from there and, and adjust. You're a big smoothie guy. Oh man, I'm well, and, and then, you know, I haven't made some good smoothies. <laughs> I haven't made some really good Tropical smoothies. Tropical juice. Listen. Ever since freshman yeah. year, man. Tropical juice and frozen uh, mangoes. <laughs> and then spinach. That was always the three ingredients. That was in the script. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, we just hit a lot there. There was, yeah. I mean, there's so much to us. Yeah, no, that's one of the cool things is that, like, you look back and like, wow, we're, we're all talking about this. We didn't do shit. <laughs> like we didn't do any, any of this back then, right? We didn't sit there and like think about really going through the MVP and, and testing the market and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's cool just to think about it and be like, man, if we had known back then what could have been, but at the same time, the biggest thing that I'm getting from all of this is just learning and understanding 
just the details within starting a company because that's something that for all of us we were just kind of shaky on just because it was our first time ever branching out and doing something. Yeah, I mean to start a company at that age really set us up now with a totally different view of Absolutely. starting a company. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. The podcast wouldn't even exist. Right. You know, without us that, yeah. having this mindset of I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> Nate, start companies. Yeah, I, am. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, just the idea of, you know, starting You're a welcome, Nate. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I mean yeah, the podcast is out of the idea of starting something. <laughs> yeah. And that all started with starting a company when we were eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. That we have no idea how. But now we can look back and talk about it and build a podcast on the whole idea of starting a company. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I, I hate when Love people that. say that. Oh, our, our company failed. And your company—that's wrong you, word. Yeah, th- that is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. You might cease operations and, and dissolve a company, but if you if you fail, that means you didn't gain anything from this whole project. Right. And and walking right, away with true. with lessons that you've learned and all the different failures and adventures that you've had through that product, I mean, that's the most, that's invaluable. Because then you take that and you go on to the next one and you learn from that one. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, if you go through the process enough, I mean, you're, you're bound to succeed. You're going to learn from your failures and, and move on to the next thing. <laughs> we get a philosophy I'd, I'd, say, I'd say the the fear is what keeps most people from starting a company. Absolutely. From just starting and doing something Absolutely. for themselves. Fear just the fear out. of, yeah. you know, rejection. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. failure. Insecurities. And yeah. they're looking at it totally wrong. It's like the idea might fail, but at least you learned how to, you know, get the idea to where you got it. Yep. And next time you just build off of that. Yeah. And people don't understand that that's what startups are. There's not I, I mean, there's not any startup founders that just went straight from, you know, zero to one hundred necessarily. Yeah. You know, there's always the miracle stories. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, most people start a company and fail mm-hmm. and then yeah. take those failures and start something, you know, totally different. I think another another big factor that prevents a lot of people from exploring their their kind of entrepreneurial uh, dreams is motivation and just like kind of motivating yourself to do uh, to kind of execute on the idea and the advice that I have for that that I've kind of you know learned a lot recently is it's really simple actually but for some reason I you know it's it's kind of a hard concept to actually like put into motion is uh, Nike's slogan just to do just do it. Oh, <laughs> yes. See, but like, you know, it's kind of corny to, to literally just say, just do it. But you, you have to think the important part is you have to force yourself to start. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then once you start, well, it's, you know, it's like getting up in the morning. If you're really tired and you slept really well and your bed's really comfortable, all you have to do is just like sit up or stand up outside of your bed and then once you've done that, it's easy. You're already up. You you're, you might as well not go back and get in your bed. You have a lot more motivation to go about your day. And so it's the same kind of concept with starting a company or you know working on a development project of some sort. It's you, you just have to start it. And then once you start it, you're you get the motivation to continue to work on it. It's a lot easier to continue to work on something than it is to start working on something. So you, you just have to, you just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the mindset to get the product, you know, off the ground. Uh, but TJ and, you know, the rest of the team, let's start to talk about, you know, marketing an idea. It's one thing to get, uh, you know, a product. It's one thing to create something. But the idea, if you can't communicate it or market it correctly, is, you know, meaningless, really. Absolutely. So let's kind of go into, you know, how do we view marketing this product? 
Uh, what did we really do? What social platforms did we use? Why did we use them? Uh, let's go into that. So you were done any marketing, PJ? <laughs> well, this is actually my first, when I first dipped my feet into what marketing was. And, and I mentioned earlier, right, it was kind of a, a weird scenario where you need the parents because they have the money, the parents, the aunts, the uncles, everybody who's just say 34 to 55 uh, age. And, but you also need the students because if you don't have the students and you don't have a platform to, to tell the parents that this is valuable. So in one way, you got to direct the parents and say, trust us. We want we, we will handle the money from you know beginning to end. It's not going to touch the student's account. Um, and then on the flip side with the students, it's now we have to market in a way to say you have to have that drive, motivation yourself uh, to kind of go out there, branch out reach out to your network and collect funds from, you know, your parents and somebody you went to school with, I mean, your teacher, whatever the case may be. Um, and so to start out, I think we first started posting on social media, I want to say in the summer of 2015, so that we had been started for, I think, seven months. And that was after we had, it was either right after, right before we started posting um, when we got our Kickstarter fund. So it's like we got that $16,000, and, and before that, we had a Facebook set up and, and, and a Twitter. Um, we didn't have an Instagram. <laughs> but, and, yeah, we really didn't. But I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if Instagram was a prominent It wasn't yeah. anywhere it's near. It's blown up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into some, we'll get into our marketing you know, here, <laughs> some of our unique tactics. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't use Instagram. No, no. Um, so we kind of dabbled around with the idea of writing blogs. Uh, I know, Evan, you wrote a couple of blogs. Yeah. Michael wrote a couple of blogs um, and just kind of shared it to Facebook. Um, I didn't know what groups, we didn't know what, you know, how to get it out to people, but we were just like, let's just post it and, and share with our networks and see where it goes, right? And that was kind of the, the starter point. And then on Twitter, uh, at first, I, 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 I was managing You're Twitter. You're a big Twitter guy. I was. I was managing Twitter, and I was doing it, now that I look back, and you know, I was doing it wrong because I was trying to be like a professional voice on Twitter, which there's nothing wrong with. But the demographic that we were trying it, to reach. Exactly. The demographic on Twitter that we're trying to reach is not the demographic. Facebook is professional. Twitter is Ex not. Exactly. We ended up doubling down on Facebook, I feel like, because that's where our demographic was. You know, A lot of students that's were on there. And the money was. Too. And that's where the money was because the yeah, parents yeah. and the grandparents exactly. were there. And our donators on Kickstarter were there. Yep. Right. So eventually we just went all in on you know Facebook, I feel like. And kind of you know still push content out on Twitter, right? But our focus was really on was well, on Facebook for a while. I think a lot of businesses fall into that just because Facebook makes it so easy for exactly. Kind of ads. I mean, let's yeah. go into ads, you know, yeah. a little bit there. Yeah, well, we didn't really dabble that much with ads just because like we, we didn't have the money at first, and then we got the Kickstarter. We started pushing a little bit out there, um, but we didn't get what I know about ads now. I wish I would have known yeah. back then, right? <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the targeting capabilities. Yeah. And we could have seriously gotten in front of a lot of people. Um, I think one of our posts, I think the biggest reach we had was like 3,000. Might have been that. Was it one of the videos? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was, uh, oh, it was the, the video that Danny yeah. made with uh, the uh, different um, people talking about their, their debt. The um, Sarah Lachlan Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just a boost post. And if you know anything about Facebook, you don't boost. You go to the actual yeah. uh, ads manager and run an ad. But we boosted it because we didn't know anything better. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was kind of our first kind of experience. And then going forward, it was just kind of posting stuff, seeing how it fit, trying to share with our networks and well, and not really getting at the kind of traction we wanted to. Yeah, and once we once we kind of realized we didn't have the traction, we actually kind of changed our strategy. 
Uh, and at the time, influencer marketing was not, you know, yeah. a buzz term. It right. was not something people talked about. And so one thing that, you know, I had thought of, because I had a couple of friends who, you know, I was close to that had a really great following and they're, you know, was super engaged on Thomas social. Deaton, right? Yeah. Shout out to Thomas Deaton. Yeah. But, uh, you know, first, I was like, first uh, student of the week. I was like, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. I, just remembered. <laughs> I was like, I was like we got to, we got to create a program where yeah. like, we're giving money and showing how the website works. So let's give, and our first one was Thomas Deaton. I was like, yes. let's give him a scholarship. Let's give him just 50 bucks rather than put 50 bucks towards paid media. Yeah. Let's give Thomas 50 bucks. He's going to share on his, his social and all of his you know, friends are going to see it. And then they're going to want to download it because they now understand the concept of it. He had a bunch yeah. of followers and everything. A ton of followers. You know, Thomas is a really a uh, too, right? super creative kid, yeah. uh, really popular kid. Uh, everybody likes Thomas. So I'm like, we got to, you know, get him. You know, out in front of people and get the product using him in front of people, um, and so we gave him you know the scholarship money. Uh, he shared it out, and we it worked. Yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of people started joining once we did that, that with more cool. students. Yeah, uh, it was, so that's what influencer marketing is. It was called yeah. student of the week. When we, we were talking about it, week. I almost forgot about it just because of wow. how much we did. Yeah. But you remember that graphic you made, Danny? Which one? We gotta pull it up, man. <laughs> it was like, you know, Thomas's head was right here. There was like, like a hundred or two hundred words just typed out about what Thomas is and everything. Oh, dude. It was <laughs> so bad. Bad. A staircase bad. leading up to I Thomas's know. face. Oh, yeah, I know <laughs> yes. Exactly yeah. Yes, yeah. I totally forgot about that. And we we yeah. interviewed Thomas, created a video, and yeah. we shared it out. You know, we he had did, like, I think he did all this for $50. Did all of it $50. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, hey, $50. But he was getting more, like, he was doing it so he could raise money. Like, yeah, he, exactly. The the more he pushed it, the more money he got. Yeah, I don't know if he raised any money after that. I think he might have raised a little bit. Uh, but, you know, just the idea of showing people. What? We didn't give him a chance. We didn't give him a chance to grow. Yeah, but I mean, just the idea of showing people how the product works and getting it into somebody's hand that had influence. Yeah. That's the whole idea of an influencer is they have a following that trusts them and, you know, normally engages with them. Yeah. So we got it into his hands and then he got it into the hands of his followers. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, actually was a pretty good tactic. Absolutely. Uh, uh, like guerrilla, you know, social media kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're almost... For a local audience. You're, you're helping them build their brand, right? And I think at the end of the day, that was all kind of our goal. And we didn't really see it at the time. But we're, we're, we're helping you build your personal brand to get you money, right? And I think by doing the Student of the Week, that was like one of our first times trying to say, okay, we're going to integrate ourselves. Basically, yeah. give you everything you need. You shoot a video, um, we'll, we'll give you a script, we'll give you a graphic that Danny makes, right? And, and we'll, we'll help you um, kind of raise money with your network. And I think that's one of the cooler parts of this because I think all of us know now how big personal branding is um, for everybody. Right? And that's why I picked Thomas. Exactly. Thomas had, you know, to date still, mm-hmm. honestly has one of the best brands of any person I know our age. Yep. Everybody knows Thomas in Elizabethtown. He's a photographer. Yeah. He's traveled and he built a great blog. Yeah, no, he was. And at the time, you know, when he was in high school, we we looked at him and was like, okay, this kid can create a badass, you know, profile on our website. Absolutely. Let's have him create the best profile he can create. Yeah. And just get it out there and show people what can be done. And we kept doing that. Population of ten, so that helps. Yeah. Let's get closer to the mic with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Thomas, you're, you're a great yeah. guy, man. Yeah. Uh, my, my marketing yeah. extent extended two things. I, 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 I did two things. The first thing I did was I would email local PR news channels, and I said in my my bot in my subject, I said 
17-year-old solves $1.2 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, everybody would open it. <laughs> and, uh, and then they would realize I'm trying to sell something. But we, we got some news appearances, which was pretty cool. Uh, and the second thing I did was I would ask schools. I'd reach out to schools and I said, hey, I would love to come yeah, talk to your right. schools about did that. college. That was cool. I really didn't want to talk about college. So I, I had like a 40-minute presentation. And so I would go and talk to at Eastern. It was two thousand students, yeah, and um, I would I would talk for thirty five minutes about college and uh, the cost of college and yada yada yada. It was all kind of bullcrap. The last five minutes is what I really cared about. <laughs> right. uh, and the last five minutes, I was like, "Oh, by the way, I told you about how expensive it is. This is another way to do it. By the way, I own it. You know." And so we like I remember uh, TJ when we did our first one. We got those signups, and they yeah. came in like crazy. That was right? cool. Yeah, awesome. and then we went directly to our next one, and so after high school, that's right, exactly. Yeah. And so we just talked to students. Um, we talked to uh, the students directly. For like an hour. Yeah, I know it was really cool um, to really just get in front of the students yeah. using the excuse of, "Hey, let me add value to you by talking to your students about college." Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm gonna, you know. That's nothing wrong with that. That's content marketing. Right exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're benefiting the students by teaching them something that really hasn't been gone into. Like we, like, you know, we said Nobody earlier. knows about yeah, exactly. educating. And we're, we're freshmen in college just trying to help out other, other students, right? And so that was, I think, one of the cooler things was being able to sit down with the faculty at Atherton. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we're 18, 19 years old sitting down with these, you know, the principal was there, yeah, the head yeah. of math, or whatever the case may be, um, just sitting down and talking about our platform. And they were really interested. And yeah. I don't really know how that fell through at the end or what happened. <laughs> but, you know, either way, I mean, that's it was a great experience to get in front of those minds. And 17-year-old solved 1.2 trillion. <laughs> that's a subject line right there. I was there. playing it up. Actually, I filmed a video of myself talking about it, and I sent it to all the news channels. And uh, we got some PR. Yeah, Were you in your black hoodie with the spiky hair? I probably yeah, no, he was. Oh, that black hoodie was look. The spiky yeah. hair always came out. Yeah, it right. always came out. <laughs> That's his entrepreneur look. Did right you air that actual video? or uh, No, they didn't air it, but it was my, hey, let me talk on your news channel about it. Yeah, uh, add value to your no, constituencies. Yeah, I, mean, I think the takeaway on marketing was we tried a lot of different tactics. Yeah, we learned a lot of different tactics, and that's what you got to do. You know, starting a company is figure out what works. Absolutely, and just keep going from one idea to the next until you get traction. Uh, you know, we ended up figuring out you know kind of what worked and what didn't, but it was a little too late. Right. Uh, once we figured it out, um, and you know, again, add value. Right. Yeah. That's the most important part of marketing is add value before you expect anything in return. 100%. Uh, so that's what we tried to do with all of our you know marketing tactics, aside from maybe po- you know paid media. You know, yeah. give Thomas fifty bucks. Right. Add value to him, show him how to raise money, and then he'll in turn you know, help us. Same thing with you know Michael, you were mentioning reaching out to the press and, and students uh, at different high schools. But that's kind of the takeaway on marketing. Yeah, I think kind of what goes hand in hand with marketing is branding, and I I feel like I handed a lot of the branding, doing all the graphics and video production for Finance U. Danny killed it. I killed it. <laughs> uh, my point being, looking back, I did not, I did not kill it. No, no, I, I did not kill it. For an 18-year-old, you kill it. Probably. Relatively speaking. But that, that was a problem. Is that I was 18. I was doing this stuff for the first time. I really enjoyed it. I was passionate about it. But when you're trying to market a crowdfunding platform where you're trying to deal with $1.2 million or trillion dollars of, of, of money, 
you got to be like extremely presentable. You have to be clean, trustworthy. And that's all about what branding is. You yeah. just got to, you have to instill that trust with your, with your customers. And we, I feel like we didn't uh, fully accomplish that. We were, you could tell that it had been built by some kids who were just in college. <laughs> and I, looking back, I, I know it wouldn't have been possible because yeah. I wasn't, nobody was as, uh, as skilled uh, as we are now um, back then. But that is one of the things that I really want to touch on is that you have to know who you're, who you are marketing to, who you're branding to. And in that case, it was really important for us to nail our branding because that you need a lot of trust if you're going to be, uh, taking people's money like that and, uh, and not like selling them a product, like using a, a financial service. Especially at the time that the product came out, because this was, this was a couple years ago by now, but, uh, four years ago, yeah. four years ago. Jeez, it was four, yeah, years, four and a half years ago. Wow. Woo, woo. Um, so four years ago, I mean, you know, now we see a lot of startups that are dealing with financials. So you have your wealth fronts, you have your betterments, you yeah. have, you know, Acorn, Robinhood, all of these apps that deal with finances, and everybody is more. And I, th I think everybody's a little bit more open and trustworthy with their finances now with apps. Whereas back, you know, four years ago, whenever mm -hmm. we were doing Finance U, these kinds of apps did not exist. Yeah. Or they were in their very early stages of development. And yeah. so you didn't really have, it was a lot more difficult to earn the trust of the public to trust your app with their finances. Because traditionally people were, were only, uh, you know, they would only stick with like the web interfaces of, of the banks. Yeah, and that yeah. was the only place that they would people really manage their money online. To go to Amazon. Put right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, people were still scared to put their credit card information in. Online. Yeah, and that's because those banks already had that trust. And when you're a startup and you're so new and you're trying to build that trust, it is really important to be extremely right. conscious and of And those banks had worked for years to earn that trust. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need well, to be really conscious of how you're portraying yourself to the public and and making sure that you're, you're you're taking into consideration what your brand is and making sure that it fits, fits with uh, who you're trying to market to. Yeah, we tried to make that friction of, of giving us money a little, you know, less by saying, you know, any money that we raise, you know, on the site, you know, a student raised, would only go from the finance you bank account to university. Yeah. And that was one way that, you know, was really creative that we kind of, you know, Every did something different Every with time. crowdfunding. Was that you know when you gave you know money to your nephew or your you know niece whoever it might have been that money was going straight from finance you to a university versus you know Kickstarter or Indiegogo or some of these others you don't know where the money's going necessarily. Mm -hmm. Weird. I think that was the biggest. I think that was the biggest value proposition of, of uh, finance you was that uh, the students weren't touching the money and every other kicks uh, crowdfunding platform at that time. It, the money was just a check that was sent directly to the students. So yeah. you don't know about what that guy's going to do with the money. And uh, uh, there's been many instances of where there's been you know, fraud and people have stolen money from the, the crowdfunding that they've done. And we're trying to definitely mitigate that risk. And I think that was, that was something we really tried to focus on and sell at, at finance too. Yeah. Well, smart. Yeah. Um, I want to dig into, the difficult topic of spinning it down and, and closing it up. We, we kind of touched on it. Um, you know, wh whoever is best equipped to answer this, um, there was there was a moment when you said, okay, this is it. 
why and, and what were the emotions at that point? Yeah. I'll take it. Um, yeah. So that was a uh, it, it, that was an emotional time. Now it, mm -hmm. it, 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 it we got a little bit of cash left at the bank. So I mean we 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 didn't raise money from investors, right? Like equity, and uh, I, I think it would have been a little bit harder. We raised a lot more money from investors. Uh, say, hey, sorry, we can't pay you back. Um, we we had raised money from Kickstarter with the assumption that hey, you had already gotten your reward, i.e., a T-shirt, right? yeah, or a sticker, or the dinner you never got. Um, <laughs> the uh, but 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 they were donations, right? They were charitable giving. You didn't write off on your taxes, but um, so uh, but nonetheless, it didn't make it much easier, right? And so uh, I think that I had felt like I had let down those people. Um, yeah, and we had uh, family give us thousand, thousands, thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I felt like we had let those people down. Um, but it wasn't until my uncle had talked to me and said, he's like, Michael, uh, first of all, you're 18, so stop crying. Second of all, uh, uh, the, the, the failure that Danny was saying is the failure is not that you didn't make a million dollars or millions of dollars for this company, the failure uh, is defined by what happens next. And he said, Are you going to take this experience and use it to? Be profitable, uh, uh, not profitable, but successful in, in other projects that you do, or you're going to not learn from them and you're going to go down this exact same path again. See these donations as an investment in the ROI, the ROI being a learning experience. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what those donations are for. And so that made me uh, feel a little bit better. But I, I was glad that obviously we had fulfilled all of our liabilities for uh, the students that we owed money to. Uh, we gave those directly to the university. Um, and then um, we decided to spin it down, but that was uh, one of my biggest things, and, uh, and and I think that was a really important distinction between uh, you know failure and, and what we're doing. But I think we spun it down because we have kind of weighed the opportunity cost of uh, our product market fit, uh, fit and our traction and our ability to raise more money to keep the company going, and then our energy level around and excitement around the solution to your problem. Still, excitement around the problem, passion around the problem. But the solution to our problem uh, it just wasn't a great product market fit. I mean, that's like like Mark Andreessen. I read a lot about read a lot of his stuff from you know Andreessen Horowitz, the VC fund, and he preaches product market fit. We had a market and we had a product, it didn't fit, um, and and so we had weighed the opportunity cost of that and said, hey, let's take these learnings and let's go be successful in our own ways. Uh, and I think we all did a pretty good job of that. And so I think I can look. A Kickstarter donor in the eyes and say your your donation, your investment in me and our team has paid off 10, 12, 20 fold. Yeah. Um, and I can say that with confidence and yeah. pride. Absolutely. And I think we all feel that way. Absolutely. You know, we didn't fail. We built something that actually, you know, actually worked. And people raised money on it, but it didn't work in the way that we had imagined it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we did, you know, at one point I have to say, let's stop. Uh, and that was definitely tough. Yeah. But everybody sitting around this table, uh, you know, went on to bigger and better things, and we're all together again. Uh, and you know, we all joined, uh, you know, Fuji after that. And we can kind of get into that and what we did after Fuji or Finance U. Uh, but you know, just to hammer in, you know, we all learned. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a failure, but uh, we all, you know, moved on to take those learnings and, and apply them to the next project. Hmm. For, sure. So, yeah, for sure. So put a positive spin on it. What was the next project? How did you guys take those learnings? Yeah. And I mean, you guys changed your lives based on it. Yeah, we can go, you know, one by one and kind of go into, you know, what we each did.
but I think the overarching theme that we're going to get into uh, is that you know it doesn't matter what project we're working on; it's more the mindset of what we're how we're going into each project that we yeah. really learn from finance you and startups in general. So uh, that let's get into that, but let's kind of go into the details of what we all did after that and and really hammer into the, the mindset, which I think is going to be the biggest takeaway of this podcast. Uh, Sam, why don't, why don't you uh, go into what you did next? Uh, or would it be more appropriate for... Uh, okay, I'll start. I mean, we'll start, I'll start, in the, start right in the middle of the table. Um, <laughs> so, perfect spot to start. Yeah, perfect spot to start. The, the biggest thing for me was the connections that I made through Finance U. Uh, so I also think it's funny that we're going to start with the most sentimental one, um, you know, because the, the learning experience out of finance, you like I, I technically, you know, I just I, I see myself as I, I just built a website. Right. So, and I had the job. Same, <laughs> same was so always skilled. Well, and I had already been, I had already been working for another company where I, you know, built websites all the time, but it had never been, you know, I had never met a group of like-minded individuals who were also my age. There we go. Um, so I, the biggest thing for me from finance, you was kind of establishing, you know, kind of this group that's around the table right now. Um, and then leading into, uh, you know, future job opportunities and leading into not, not just future job opportunities, but leading into, uh, you know, just future opportunities in general. Um, because, you know, obviously a job is a job and you can move from, from one of those to the other. Uh, but it's another thing to have a group of people that will constantly be, uh, that will constantly be offering you opportunities and you can offer opportunities to them as well. So, uh, you know, kind of for me, the biggest thing was the the contacts and the uh, the connections and the experience from the whole thing that uh, uh, kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we'll we'll go left or right. Well, we why don't it actually probably be more appropriate because uh, we all went end up going to find or Fuji, uh, you know, right after you know, except for Michael. Um, I don't and, go either. Yeah. What? I didn't go in either until yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, Evan's just going to tell the story for And we all eventually dropped out of college. Well, yeah. True. Well, I don't. Makes probably more sense for Michael to tell about FA Guide. And then after that, I can tell everybody about Fuji and how everybody got involved in that, and we'll move around the table there. Thank you. Yeah, tell you what, this one through, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, post finding a shoot, uh, I talked about you know failure, not really a failure. You got to learn from it. And immediately, I had started with um, a buddy of mine, uh, a site called FA Guide, which took financial advisors who have all the assets in the world, not all the assets, but a fair amount, trillions of dollars to uh, asset management companies, wholesale, salespeople, mutual funds, ETFs, annuities, uh, retirement products, things like that. And so we created an RFP matching platform that uh, matched FA projects to wholesalers. So if uh, FA wanted to learn about an emerging market ETF, we would match them with a wholesaler who uh, connected with their ter territory, their product uh, requirement, um, and their channel. Uh, is it's a, the, the, the market set up a really weird way. So we had started FA Guide, built a pretty large database of wholesalers and FAs, 
uh, again, the chicken, the egg problem will finance you. Um, and then um, high career relationships uh, with uh, asset management companies and um, asset managers. And uh, fortunately, last, in January of 2017, we had uh, two options on the table. One was an acquisition uh, by a company called Advisor Hub um, out of Washington, D.C. And then another was a, a partnership opportunity uh, with another company uh, that I won't name. And uh, so the partnership was a, a revenue share uh, with a much larger company. The acquisition was um, just an asset sale. And so we were able to leverage the fact that we had a very large uh, partnership lined up with a much larger company uh, to drive the valuation of the company. And so we had uh, sold the company uh, to a company called Advisor Hub. Um, and now FA Guy is called Asset Link and is a Advisor Hub company. Um, and uh, so, long story short, <laughs> you know, I had taken a whole lot of the learnings I learned with Financiu uh, to do um, FA Guide. Um, and juxtaposition to that was that I had worked really hard to get an investment banking job um, and got a job at a firm called Ule and Loki. Um, and that's when uh, I sold FA Guide. And then Greg, who's the CEO of Fuji, had come to me and said, you know, what, what the heck are you doing, man? You know, this is a this is a paradigm shift to what your whole life has been up to this point. Going to investment banking where you're putting on a suit and tie every day and you're going to work your butt off and make good money. But your denominator is number of hours you work a week. It's not much. And you're not material to the vision of the company. You fall face the earth tomorrow. They'll say, who cares? And so uh, he said, come work with me at Fuji where you're, um, your work will be material. You'll have upside and uh, you'll continue with kind of your passion around entrepreneurship. And so that's why I landed at Fuji. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was, you know, I think uh, the reason I wanted to go in this order was, uh, you know, I was the, after finance, I realized, you know, it wasn't you know, going to continue. Um, I had begun, you know, looking for the next startup. You know, what was the next idea? Um, I had told people, uh, you know, I want to continue doing startups. I want to continue starting companies. Um, and so I had come across, uh, you know, Greg and Eric right when they, you know, before Fuji even existed. Before uh, the idea that, was, yeah. Before we get into that, why did you want to go directly, in both of you, I guess, why did you want to go to another startup immediately when one just, you know, for lack of a better word, failed? Right, what provided the motivation yeah. to go uh, to it again? I don't blame entrepreneurship. <laughs> I just blame the product market fit. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was still hot on entrepreneurship, you know. Entrepreneurship is just the concept of solving a problem. I just want yeah. to solve a different problem. Uh, and do you it. Just had to drive to solve a problem and do a better job at it. And yep, and make money. <laughs> but uh, so this was an opportunity that the stars were more aligned and made more sense. Yeah, yeah. And for me, you know, finance or Fuji, uh, I had met you know Greg and Eric. Uh, you know, yeah. they're awesome guys. Uh, and then the idea of Fuji, uh, you know, emojis is commerce and connecting the digital world to the physical world using automated services. I that had clicked immediately. You know, I, I, one thing I'm good at is I know a good idea when I see one, and I knew right away once I heard that idea um, that it was going to be, you know, it was something. There was something there. Yeah. Um, and at that time, it was just Greg and Eric. Um, How did you hear that idea? It was just uh, so I had gone to, you know, Gadden and said, uh, you know, I want to, you know, do startups. I want to do entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, do you know anybody doing anything like this uh, in Lexington? Um, and so I had, you know, the, I just told people what I want to do. Well, eventually, Greg and Eric have gone to Gad and said, "Okay, we need a student to help us start this, uh, to help get the word out. 
help us market it. Um, that's how I got connected was uh, meeting them you know, through basically networking. Uh, and so I had joined the company when you know, it was just us three in an apartment. Uh, and we were working on, at the time, uh, Fuji U, which was using emojis as commerce specifically for food on a college campus. Uh, so basically you tweet or text an emoji and you have food you know, delivered yeah. to you, uh, whether it's through Twitter or text. Um, so we were trying to build an app for that. Uh, and eventually Warner Brothers and Verizon came to us and said, well, you know, this is a really cool concept. Can you do it nationwide as we'd advertise? Uh, we hadn't considered it. We really didn't even think about it, uh, but we did it and it worked really well and we made you know, a ton of money doing that. Uh, and so we completely pivoted the company which means we took one idea uh, and changed it completely to another idea, which was uh, B2C uh, emojis commerce to B2B advertising using emojis and using these triggers on social media to deliver objects uh, using on-demand services. And so from there, you know, the company you know grew pretty quickly. You know, went from three people to ten people. Uh, Sam, you know, was the first person to join. Uh, I had known Sam, and I said, "Listen, this kid's a genius." Uh, Greg and Eric. Uh, we need Sam to join. Uh, Sam interviewed, uh, and it, it was just a perfect fit. Uh, and then eventually, the you know the dominoes fell, and the rest of the whole, basically the the food finance team joined, you know down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went from you know ten people to twenty. Eventually, got all the way up to sixty people. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, Fuji was you know the the really the first time we you know, other than Michael tasted you know, true success. Yeah. Um, and what really a startup can become. Uh, the level that you know Fuji has reached is something that is you know really special, uh, and you know the market is the, it's the first of its kind of product. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's happening here in Lexington, and we got the group together that we did, uh, is something special. And that's you know what kind of where uh, you know all of us eventually landed. Uh, so you know Michael uh, landed there. TJ, why don't you go into how you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take a little step back and and go back to the summer of 2016 when we decided to to kind of uh, wrap up shop and everything. And (laughs) old summer 16, great song. Um, But uh, right after we decided to to kind of stop doing it, um, I was had that rest of the summer. I was just a lot of self reflection, right, trying to figure out what I could have done to be better. I'm very very critical of myself, so. The, the next month after we decided to stop, I just sat down and, and tried to figure out exactly where I went wrong and where the team went wrong and, and how I'm going to learn from this. And, you know, there was times where, uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit where I wasn't as into it as I had as I had been at one point. Sam, you had mentioned earlier, once you get your feet on the ground, you know, you start running, but sometimes you do get burned out. And there were times where I had gotten burned out and, and, and let the team down at, at times. And, um, you know, that's not easy to say, but it's definitely something that I had recognized. Um, so I went into my junior year just committing myself to, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to give it 100%, 100% of the time. Um, and so that's kind of one of the big takeaways that I had. And that's when I met this guy named Morgan Franklin, who is a realtor here in Lexington. Um, and I, I started uh, doing all of his marketing for him. And that's when I really took a dive into the Facebook ads and um, understanding social platforms at a deeper level and, and being able to explore it at a much uh, higher level than I had been before. And so um, it was in September of 16 and then in October, uh, you know, Evan had worked with Fuji, uh, Sam worked with Fuji, I think Danny had just started um, and Evan was like, dude, 
you got to do it. Nobody's doing marketing here at Fuji. Uh, like I think Eric was the only guy that was running the Twitter account. Other than that, there was nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to do it. I mean, I, for a few days, I contemplated. I was like, do I really need to take this on? I'm working with Morgan. I got, I got school going on. Um, but I decided to, to take the internship with Fuji, and I'm really glad that I did because um, like Evan had noted earlier, uh, that was the first time that we had seen just success at a large scale as a team together. Um, so, you know, I was able to start out as an as an intern there. And then and three months later, I got a full-time position as the only marketing strategist on the team. And um, I was running the Twitter account and starting trying to get on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I didn't get much success until Nathan uh, came along a couple months later. Um, but uh, it was a fun time trying to explore different strategies as far as uh, really what marketing was. And uh, so, yeah, you know, a lot of the self-reflection kind of led me to the, <laughs> the opportunity of, of learning what it takes to um, – uh, Really dive into something and dedicate yourself to uh, to a bigger cause. Yeah, that was that was a cool feeling. Yeah, you know, watching Fuji and what Greg and Eric had built, and you know, the whole team had built, get that you know, oh, kind yeah. of attention. Well, Not just from you know, Lexington, but Disney, yeah, Warner Brothers, yeah. Nike. You know, these huge companies, the world's biggest. Yeah, yeah. and we're in Lexington. Yeah. We're 20 years old. Exactly. That was what I was going to say. Um, we're, we're, yeah. we're still 20 years old. There's something sexy about that, being 20 years old and Disney oh, as so your cool. client. Uh, anyone would. Oh, oh my gosh. It was it was a total culture shock because yeah. you, you think so small-minded um, from the beginning, especially when you know, you're know you going to UK and you're not really – you're like, oh, working with Disney, that's a, that's a thing that you know is kind of just not even in the realm of possibility in your mind yet uh, – one day you're just like, wow, this is one of our clients, not only one of our clients, but it's like the, the client that we work with on a monthly or every couple months basis, right? It's like a good relationship with them. Um, and I don't even think we've gone into uh, how, you know, we dropped out. dropped out of school. <laughs> yeah, we'll go into that. Michael yeah. or uh, Danny, why don't you finish off, you know, kind of how you got to food. Yeah. And they, uh, they need to get into it. Um, but why don't you two go and then we'll talk about why we dropped out and our mindset there. And then from there, just take the mindset question and kind of break it out. And then we'll end, I think we can end it there. Yeah. Sure. So um, right after Finance U, summer 16, like TJ said. Summer 16. <laughs> and um, I was thirsty for uh, for a new startup. I wanted to do something. You're thirsty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's uh, always thirsty. Oh, whoa, whoa. Easy, boy. Wow. Tell Bailey about that. Woo! Oh, oh, oh. Shout out oh on the podcast. Gosh. Jeez. We're that out. We're Edit that part out. We'll do a little sensor like the <laughs> <Yeah>. Director's cut? <laughs> yeah, the director's cut. Um, yeah, so uh, like TJ said, it was the uh, start of summer 2016. We, uh, I was thirsty for another startup. I wanted, I, I knew that I, I found this passion of mine. I, I, I wanted to pursue it, and I knew that I gained some skills from uh, working at Finance U, whether that's motion graphics, graphic design, or video editing. I really fell in love with uh, that piece of the branding, and so I, uh, I actually 
uh, involved Evan a little bit on this uh, little side project I, I started for a uh, Snapchat marketing company called Flocker. Oh, yeah. Flocker, yeah. baby. I've never Flocker. heard about this. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Yeah. You've never heard Flocker of Flocker? No. Oh, and, man. Uh, Flocker was revolutionary. Hey, we, we hit Snapchat geolocated filters before anybody. Yeah, oh, it was God. really cool. It was a really cool idea. That's and why it, it was revolutionary. Yeah. And so, I mean, Snapchat was blown up at the time, and they just introduced uh, paid geo filters, so that you could you could do geo targeting in a super calculated basis uh, in an in up and coming you know huge uh, social media. So I really latched onto that idea. I knew I had some uh, gained some skills from doing motion graphics specifically at at uh, Finance U, and so what helped me really flourish my. Uh, the, the other piece of uh, graphics is graphic design and uh, actually uh, designing uh, like stills was uh, was Flocker. So I would design geo filters and then go and try and sell them to different uh, restaurants and and clients around the Chicagoland area. And I've been trying to do the same in in Lexington. And we did a whole lot of tests and had some good market data about how many people we were reaching because Snapchat provided some uh, st some statistics about what the results were, although albeit they were minimal. Uh, and I got a couple of, of paying clients uh, and it, it was a it was a great learning experience. It, it didn't end up materializing into anything, but I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have to get a job for that summer, which was nice. So it, it made me realize that I can rely on doing my own thing, doing my own projects and and at least making enough money to survive off of it. So that was a really eye-opening experience and it really helped me uh, flourish my graphic design skills. And this is right around the time when Evan started going to work at Fuji. So I started hearing more and more about this. And then that, uh, that semester, fall semester of 2016, I uh, got an internship job at Fuji for doing uh, a lot of their animation, a lot of their motion graphics and graphic design and video editing, and I flourished from there. I, I, I stopped uh, really paying a whole lot of attention in school, and I was always working. <laughs> yeah. The secret to, <laughs> to, to, to flourish right there. Yeah. No, don't pay attention. But in I, school. I was working on I was working on Fuji stuff and and doing graphic design and artwork, and at the end of that semester, I. Uh, got a full-time offer from Fuji, and I, I think we're all about to go into this about how it dropped out, but I ended up dropping out of school and going to work full-time and really pursuing my uh, my newfound passion for that piece of branding. It was it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Nate? I mean, this is about me. Well, I mean, you can go into it. You're, you're part of the team, so. Yeah, I mean, I just, I found Fuji because of you. Maybe that's why I wanted Oh, no, that's probably oh, Yeah, there it is. Oh, there's there oh, there 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 Big shots now. There it is. I love you. No, I was just in an entrepreneurship class at UK. I mean, I've told this story on the podcast before. I mean, I'm in entrepreneurship because the city I'm from had lived and died by entrepreneurship. Um, Rochester, New York. I could go into that all day. No, I was just about to. <laughs> yeah. Blog post. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I was just in that class because I was interested in the subject and, you know, Doyle, who was our first guest on the podcast, uh, had you as a guest speaker um, and you were just talking about Fuji. Uh, and so I emailed you and then six months later I graduated um, 
and I happened to be at the uh, career fair, and this guy over here, TJ, was at the <laughs> career fair. Remember that? Uh, and uh, you know, I saw you know at the career fair, everyone's got their graphic with a bunch of text and you know their big trifold that looks like corporate America, uh, and then there's Fuji with just the light blue banner and a emoji in the middle. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Did we have videos playing there? We did. We did. We did. We did. A couple yeah. desktops. Hot. I don't think yeah. that was that one. I think it was the one after that one. Oh, really? Um, Dang. Because you, were you weren't at that one, Danny. Um, or you weren't when I was there. Maybe yeah, you left or we something. Were there one day, right? um, but, you know, this emoji was standing out among all these, you know, line graphs and shit. Right. Uh, and so I was like, oh yeah, that kid came and talked in my class, so I guess I'm going to talk to them. And I said I was interested in marketing, and uh, you came over and I told you, you know, about some of my past experience at Keeneland and stuff. Yep. And <laughs> this is, I don't think I realized how old you were or anything. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you asked me, I was telling about Keeneland, how I was like doing more traditional marketing over there. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, oh, you know, how did you feel about traditional marketing? And I felt like you wanted me to like defend it. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think I've ever told you this. Uh, no, yeah, no. Cool. I, I was like, oh, you know, you know, print marketing. You know, I think it, there's still something about feeling it in your hand. No, yeah. uh, I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Old as shit. <laughs> Fuji, you feel it in your hands. Yeah, I mean, you get yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's full circle. So I just kind of went from there and you internship and then time like all you guys uh, so that's how I got involved um, but the difference was that I graduated that's not super douchey uh, <laughs> oh. 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 um, you know I, I finished college before I got involved why uh, why did you guys not you know go into that yeah uh, so I mean for the, the thing for me was uh, I was already doing what I wanted to do uh, I had figured out you know I, I like startups uh, I you know was really passionate about them. I kept you know wanting to do them, and I was in the middle of one that was really working well. Um, and kind of the moment for me was uh, a couple things. One, uh, Eric, uh, Greg, and I had flown to Miami uh, to meet with some clients, um, and we had closed you know a couple big deals down there and met with some of the biggest marketing agencies in the entire world. And I had to go to class the next day. You know, I had gone on this trip, met with these companies, and then. I uh, had, you know, had homework and I had tests to study for and none of my teachers would let me, you know, delay those. And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't, this doesn't feel right. You know, I'm doing this awesome thing and they're not Very supporting me. Yeah, they're not supporting me in this and, you know, they're not listening to me. And so that bothered me. But really what really ticked me off, and this is, you know, something that is really small, but it sent me over the edge and I actually had a breakdown was. Yeah. I remember the exact yeah, weekend. Same. I <laughs> yeah, same. It was Labor exactly Day weekend and uh, I was sitting at home and we were all buying our books, paying for college, you know, different pieces of college. And I got this email that I needed to pay uh, $11 <laughs> for my clicker for attendance, Gosh. the registration. Uh, we had these clickers that we used for attendance uh, in classes and I had to pay $11 to basically uh, use one of these. Just use it. After already paying, we already they cost sixty bucks. We or something are, like yeah, that. we already paid for the clickers. We already paid for the license to use them. And then Wait, they you come, had already bought the clickers. Yeah, and yeah. then the, and then, and then the, you had to pay eleven bucks. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the company comes back and says, "Oh, we're you know we're changing something. Yes. So we're going to need you to pay another twenty dollars yeah. for this 
update, and then you'll get like a mail-in rebate or some bullshit. Yep. It was so stupid. Yep. Yeah, I'm, so I, it pissed me off. So that I'm happened. Uh, I'm sitting in my living room, and I actually started crying. Uh, I hadn't had enough. You know, I would have wanted to drop out for several months before that, uh, and I'm like, I'm done. Uh, I can't do this anymore because uh, you know a lot of that. You know, my parents were helping, but a lot of that was out of my pocket, uh, and so I said, you know, I'm done. And I walked into my, you know, study of our house, and my dad was in there, and I was actually crying. I was like, I can't, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and they supported my decision. They understood what I was a part of. Uh, they understood, you know, that you know Fuji was working. Uh, you know, something cool, and you know that, you know, really felt good to have that support. And so I completely dropped out. Um, and, and Sam, you did it, you know, Who right before me. First? Did you drop Sam, Sam did drop out first. I had talked him into it. I will, I will probably mm-hmm. say that. But Sam, why don't you uh, go into you know your story, and then we all you know follow. But we all end up at some point leaving college, you know, completely. I mean, the the big moment for me was whenever I was sitting in my classes. This was the beginning of my junior year, so I had gotten past a lot of the. Um, you know, the core requirement classes that, that I thought were actually very interesting. That was one part of my college career that that I found to be very, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, educational or like inspirational um, or inspiring. There you go. That's the proper <laughs> word. Um, because the, the, the core classes at the university kind of encouraged me to have an open mind and, and learn about other things that I typically wouldn't have learned about. Um, and then, you know, the other part of the, the first two years of, of going to a university is, uh, and I'll, I'll continue to argue this, is that you're there with all of your peers, right? So whenever you graduate high school, there's like a transitionary period between, you know, being a student who's going to grade school and then, you know, being an adult, a full-blown adult with an actual full-time job and a salary and everything. And there's a transitionary period where everybody kind of doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Um, because obviously they don't teach this kind of stuff in, in the high schools or in, or in middle schools or anything like that. And so uh, one, of the, one of the biggest pieces of college that I still argue is really useful is that you're there and you're, you're transitioning to this new phase of life with a bunch of other people who are also doing the same thing. Yeah. So you can ask them questions without shame or you can, you know, they'll share their experiences with you and then and you can share your experiences with them and help them out. Uh, but the big moment for me where I decided that, you know, kind of enough was enough was uh, whenever I was sitting in some of my classes um, going over uh, kind of what the requirements were for the semester and the final project. Um, and because I had taught myself how to program, the uh, just because I have a passion for it, the uh, professor was at, was talking about our final project, and I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I mean, like I can do this now because I've taught myself how to do all this because I had the passion for it. So, uh, you know, can I can I just like turn in the project and call it a semester or something <laughs> like that? Um, but of course, you can't do that. And so I was like, okay, so now I have to spend all of this money. Um, to and spend all of this time sitting in these classes that are going to teach me something that uh, I don't something it's not like the general classes because it's specialized but it's specialized in an area that I don't want to be specialized in I've already determined the area that I want to be specialized in and that's the programming that I've already taught myself I don't have interest in learning about this other kind of programming because that's 
changing my specialization to something that I'm not really interested in. Um, and so that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, okay, you know, I could be spending my time doing other things. Um, but in that, that's the moment where I decided that I wanted to drop out and, and pursue the, the career at Fuji, um, which in hindsight ended up working out very favorably. Um, but I still want to stress the importance of like the, the first two years of, of university. Um, and that is taking those classes that encourage you to uh, kind of look at yourself and, and ask yourself who you really want to be. And then um, working with your peers in order to figure out who you really want to be and, and kind of meeting the people who uh, more closely fit your personality type and more and kind of like help you uh, become the person that, that, that you actually are and kind of help discover yourself. Um, so that, that's kind of my take on, on, on college. And that's kind of why I dropped out and, and, uh, and that's kind of why I still believe in, uh, basically the concept of the first two years. I don't necessarily think that that being in a university is the best adaptation of that idea, but I still think that idea is valuable. So there you go. Cool. Um, so I'll kind of go next and just I won't be too long about it, but, you know, <clears throat> like I got that internship in this uh, October 2016. I was a junior. I finished out that semester and then it was January, late January, where the thought had kind of been kicked around like uh, Evan's dropped out, Sam's dropped out, Danny's dropped out. Should I do it? <laughs> and then um, I didn't really take it seriously until... Uh, one day, Evan, you were there, um, we were sitting at Blaze and I was sitting across from Greg and he just kind of popped the question out and said, so, uh, do you like school? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, but, um, and then we kept talking about, uh, what school was, was benefiting me or, or whatever the case may be. I don't remember the exact details of the conversation, but he wrapped it up by saying, well, TJ, I want you to know that if you... If you want a full-time position here, you have it. And then he kind of just walked out. And so I was just stunned after that point. And I was like, wow, this is actually an opportunity that um, you know I have in front of my face. And so while I, I still see the value in school and I enjoyed my time there, and I, I completely agree with you, Sam, that it helped mold me into the person that I was, it, it felt a little taxing at times because it, I wasn't really doing anything in school that was uh, – exponentially benefiting my, my, my life outside of school. And Fuji was just changing my life every day that I went in there, right? I was becoming a better person. I was becoming a better professional. Um, and so I sat down with my parents that night after he told me it was a Friday night. Um, and I said, Mom, Dad, uh, this is an opportunity that I can't pass up. Uh, it's a great financial opportunity. Um, it's a great um, personal opportunity for me to grow both uh, mentally, personally, uh, in all ways, right? And so kind of that night, I just decided, I was like, I'm going to do it. And so Monday, I came in, uh, told Greg I'm going to do it. And the next day, I dropped out of school. And I didn't look back from there. Um, uh, and it's been an, an exciting, fun ride the entire time. And I wouldn't take it back for anything. Now, I will mention that I am going back to school now because I'm sure you guys have mentioned or something, but uh, there were layoffs and I was one of the people that got laid off of, of the many there. But, um, you know, like Danny, you had alluded to this earlier, it's not about 
looking at failures. And I don't look at Fuji as a failure at all. It was a time that um, I grew into the person that I know that I'm going to be uh, later in life, right? Like it's, here's my starting point. It's the end of one chapter and the beginning of the next, but I wouldn't have started this next chapter had I not uh, gone through the hardships that, that I went through at Fuji and, and all of the things that, that uh, helped me become who I am today. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of my story on, uh, why I dropped out. It was just uh, a phenomenal opportunity and, you know, the opportunity cost of staying in school was just too high for me. Yeah, yeah, I went into it, but I didn't really drop out. I dropped some classes to work full time. Yeah. I still took some classes. I mean, if I'm, if I want my doctor to have a degree, I don't care if a marketing person has a degree. I'm in finance and accounting, and I think it skews towards you need a degree. So I'm going to graduate in December. Uh, so I've been taking a few classes while working full time in the very early morning and night. But uh, so I wasn't as uh, radical as some of the others, um, <laughs> which is fine. Yes, yeah. different Probably labor fine. and different you know segments that we work in. And so, uh, but yeah, you know, I dropped a few classes to work full time just because opportunity cost of of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so we'll finish off really quickly with, you know, mindset. It takes a certain mindset, whether you have an opportunity or not. It doesn't matter how great the opportunity is to drop out of something that society tells you you need. Yeah. And that's one mindset, but it kind of leaks into the mindset of, okay, I'm able to produce. I'm able to create for myself and create for others uh, and build something. Because you don't need a college degree to do that. Right. You don't need a college degree to be an entrepreneur and most people don't even think about entrepreneurship because they're so caught up in this idea of, you know, I'm going to get a, a degree and I'm immediately going to go to a career, I'm going to the work norm. there. Yeah. Yeah, it's the norm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think the norm is starting to shift. Uh, we're starting to see that in social media and the way you can produce for yourself on social media. Uh, and so I think we should get into, you know, the mindset of you know, why we want to drop out and the mindset of, okay, I'm create for myself um, and how we kind of got to that. Because our whole friend group, not just the people involved in Finance You, or Fuji, but our entire friend group has kind of, you know, taken that mindset of and shown what they're capable of. Uh, and so I think we inspire a lot of people, you know, with that. Um, and so, you know, whoever wants to take that uh, I just, mindset. Real quick, I just think that circles back for everyone back to the beginning uh, of when you were 17 and 18. Mm, uh, love freshman. That, and, you know, not... Well, you went to parties, TJ. <laughs> Not going to TJ. Wow, wow. TJ oh, party. Oh, wow. But Danny Perry, okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, You're going to roast it on this thing, No, that, that is probably a good way to kind of circle it back and end it. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, you guys took a different path at that point, and then you yeah. took a different path two years later. You know? Absolutely. Um, I think it's tolerance, too. Risk tolerance. Yeah. yeah. That's a big thing, is understanding risks and you know the fact that it is a risk and you know you might fail and you might get knocked back a step but again it's learning from the risk and learning from what you create uh moving forward uh you don't need again you don't need a degree to do that well i think one of the biggest things that has been thrown around in our friend group a lot is uh self-awareness right absolutely i know we've talked about it a lot um, but I think each of us are, are pretty self-aware and are confident in ourselves and our decisions. We don't just make these decisions out of, oh, hey, let's just, it's a good idea, let's just do it, right? I mean, uh, these things take time. You have to 
weigh every option and, and then being able to understand yourself and, and how you can move forward from this. And, and then let's say, you know, I did get laid off, but, but how am I going to move past that and then mm-hmm. continue to better myself off of that, right? I'm not going to stick my head back in the past. I'm going to keep moving forward and understand every opportunity as it comes by and, and how it can benefit myself. And, and, you know, just being able to, to really dive into, I think Sam, Sam hit on a little earlier, uh, sometimes your peers are kind of doing these things and, and, and you feel pressure to kind of move with them, right? But I think what a lot of us has done have done is be able to take a step back and, and understand that, well, going to college for four years, just going through the motions, classes and all of that, and then getting some kind of corporate job right out of college or some job that pays $30,000 right outside. That's not, that's not what we want to do, right? We want to strive for more, strive for greatness, strive for... Um, Creation. Yes, love that. Um, so I think, you know, with all of us, we, we kind of took a different path in that sense is that, you know, you take that step back and really understand uh, the scale of things and um, you know, for me at least, that was uh, one of the bigger things where I- I'm not worried about the result as much as I am worried about what I'm learning while I'm doing it um, and how it's gonna benefit me uh, two, five, 10 years from now. Yeah, it's not caring what other people think either. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, shouldn't, you should never let the opinions of others dictate what you're gonna do in, in anything, right? Uh, that's another part of being self-aware, it's just, you know who you are and you understand what you like and you're not going to take any uh, criticism or, you know, negative criticism. I mean, criticism is great from everybody, but um, you can't take it to heart, right? You just got to take it and then move forward with yourself. We had people making fun of us. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention it earlier, but I didn't want to, you know, I mean, we, we step actually, on any toes. No, I mean, it's not stepping yeah. on toes. I mean, we actually had people making fun of us because we, we were, you know, doing something different. Absolutely. We weren't partying. We were sitting in a dorm room trying to build something. <laughs> well, okay, we, we did well, party. Well, I guess I, one of us wasn't. That was one you, right? <laughs> no, but uh, we were just doing something different, and we got, you know, we did get made yeah. fun of, but we didn't care. No. And that's, that's, it never bothered. It never bothered yeah. my mind. Like, I didn't, I literally. I almost didn't. liked that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it fueled us, <laughs> really. Yeah. It was like, well, you're just doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And look at us, you know, it's like, that's kind of how we looked at it. <laughs> On that humbling note, <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you guys for doing this. Oh man, yeah. it was great. It yeah. was really lovely. Yeah, yeah. we need to do that. We really need to get that out. Absolutely. Because it's what three or four years later. Yeah. No, I mean just for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all of us to paint that picture, it's important for all of us yeah, to we do that. Done all the story. Yeah. yeah, we have. Yeah, it's been this is the first place we've done this. It's all documented too. Mill Tech Podcast. Give them a follow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, and TJ. Mill Tech Pod. Yes. But, and then in the next one, you know, we'll do it with Fuji too. Yeah. We'll get Greg and Eric on here and, you know, we'll talk through Fuji yeah, because that was the cool. next step. And uh, that's what Mill Tech is, is we're going to highlight these stories and what people are doing. And, you know, we happen to have a good one, but there's, you know, a hundred and a thousand more in Kentucky in the area. And so we're going to keep bringing you these stories. Thank you, Evan, and thank you, Nate, for having us on. Really appreciate it. Great host.